For some people, going to church on Christmas Day would be an imposition. There's so much to do. There's so much food to prepare, gifts to wrap, tree and house to decorate, time to to travel, to be with family, etc. Going to church would muck up the plans for the day. It's rather ironic to think that worshipping Jesus would be an interruption to his birthday celebration. The original Christmas was all about Jesus' birth. As a young mum, <clears throat> the young mum was running frantically from store to store on Christmas Eve. She's trying to get all of those last-minute gifts organised and suddenly she realises that she's lost her three-year-old son. In a panic, she retraces her steps and she found him standing with his little nose pressed up against a window, a shop window. He was gazing at a manger scene. And when he heard his mother's voice, he turned and said, Look, Mummy, look, Mummy, it's Jesus, baby Jesus in the hay. Pressurised Mum grabs him by the arm, jerks him away and snaps. We don't have time for all of that. Can't you see Mummy's busy getting ready for Christmas? For many people too, Christmas Day involves the giving and the receiving of gifts. And we spend a lot of time, perhaps, time and money, trying to purchase just the right gift. The rightest gift. I know that's not good English. But the rightest gift was given on that very first Christmas. And I'm glad that you've come to worship Jesus today. Last week, if you were here, we considered why Jesus was born. He came to be Emmanuel, God with us. And he came with the determined intent to die for us. God gave us the greatest of gifts when he gave us himself. He took on human form and that of a helpless baby. He died on a cross at the hands of sinful men. He transforms us by the power of the Holy Spirit as we become a little bit more like Christ. And he gives us the opportunity to participate with him in saving those who are perishing. These are all gracious gifts from our Father. In Emmanuel, he gave us the gift of his presence. John begins his gospel by stating that the word was God and was with God from the beginning. He was the creator and he was where light and life were found. He was with God. And the word was appears 14 times in the first 13 verses of John chapter 1. The word was, the word was. But then comes verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. John is writing this. John, one of the disciples, was with Jesus. 
we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word, God, became flesh as Jesus entered our world in the form of a baby. This was and is remarkable. The holy God, the God who abhors sin, the God who was thought would never defile himself by having contact with sinful human beings, comes into our world and took on flesh as a baby. The word was and then the word became. God transitions to take on human form. It's remarkable. And then John takes it a step further that he made his dwelling among us. He didn't just take on human flesh. He chose to live With us, he made his home among us. He was not just passing through or on a holiday. He chose to live with us, to rub shoulders with us, experience life as we experience. One of the greatest gifts from God is his presence with us. And I wonder whether we give this much thought. We get so busy at Christmas time, we're often so busy right throughout the year that we don't give much thought to the idea that the greatest gift that we can give to one another is our presence. Being present, taking an interest in their lives, taking time to sit and chat being present as they struggle with their emotions or their concerns, their worries, being present by taking time to sit and pray with them. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Are we dwelling with one another? Who do you think might just want to see you and spend some time with you. This is a gift that we can give right throughout the year. And as John spent his days with Jesus, as he watched Jesus every day, as he Jesus healed the sick and the blind and the lame, and as he delivered people from evil spirits, and as he taught with such wisdom and compassion as as he watched Jesus die and then a few days later walked and talked with Jesus after his resurrection, Jesus had a dynamic and life-changing effect on John. He said, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John was taken by the grace and the truth and the glory that flowed out of Jesus every day. The presence of Jesus transformed John and the presence of Jesus in our life transforms us. Praise God. 
But are we spending time with Jesus? Do we read and reread the Gospels? Do we read what other people have written about Jesus? Are we being present with Jesus? The greatest gift from God to us is himself in the person of Jesus. And his is a gift that keeps on giving. Verse 16 of John chapter 1. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. Grace in place of grace. In being present with Jesus and he with us, he is the vine and we are the branches, then we go from one experience of receiving and understanding his grace to another experience of receiving and understanding his grace. We receive grace in place of grace, grace on top of grace, grace overflowing. The Apostle Paul put it this way, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. He didn't just choose us before the creation of the world, but he chose us to be holy and blameless in his sight. Sinful you and I chosen to be holy and blameless before God. Every spiritual blessing is available to us through Christ such that we become holy and blameless before our holy God. In his commentary on John, Leon Morris put it this way, God's grace to his people is is continuous and is never exhausted. Grace knows no interruption and no limit. Grace means an ever-deepening experience of the presence and the blessing of God. An ever-deepening experience of the presence and blessing of God. He's the gift that keeps on giving by the presence of his Holy Spirit. We never stop learning more about him. We never come to the end of our appreciation and our adoration of him because of his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness that he keeps revealing to us and extending to us. Never stops. Grace upon grace. He's the gift that keeps on giving. There's a verse in Philippians that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the word do needs to be changed in your Bible, back to the original Greek meaning, handle. I can handle all things. I can cope with all things that this life throws at me through Christ who strengthens me. It's Christ's presence with me and in me that enables me to handle whatever life throws at me. I trust that's your experience. That's part of the grace upon grace that God extends to us. The presence of Jesus in our our life, 
changes everything. And at Christmas time, we, we may spend a lot of time and money on gifts for one another, but consider the cost as God gave us the perfect gift of Jesus. Now, we're about to share in communion. You might like to get your elements ready. And as you're unwrapping this gift, you might be thinking of unwrapping gifts later on. Later on, when you're unwrapping gifts, you might want to think about this gift that you've unwrapped this morning. Now, there's a challenge. Now, I want to show you a brief video of my granddaughter, Kayla. This is recently taken this little video, and it's not all soft and gooey. Recently taken in hospital, she has COVID. Jasmine has just put her down to clean up her sick, but Kayla's throat is so sore she can hardly cry. You can't even cry, baby. I'm sorry. That's tugged at a few heartstrings, hasn't it? The reason I showed you that is to illustrate our position before God. We are utterly helpless. We are utterly helpless without God. We need God. We need him. We need his love. We need his care. We need his grace upon grace. Love is the unconditional sacrifice of your desires for the well-being of others. God has done everything possible for your and my well-being. And at the heart of the Christmas story, God is lavishing his love on us. So let's consider the cost involved as God gave us that perfect gift in Jesus. The gift, this gift of eternal life cost him humiliation, a severe flogging at the hands of ruthless Roman soldiers. It cost him the agony of dragging a cross through the streets of Jerusalem until he could carry it no longer. It cost him the excruciating pain of being nailed to that cross and then raised up until he would suffocate to death. 
That's what it cost Jesus to be the gift, the gift that keeps on giving. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Trust that right now in wonder you are appreciating what God has done for you. This bread reminds us of the cost that was involved in Jesus giving his his body on the cross. Let's take and eat and remember him. Father, we thank you for the the gift of your son, that you became flesh, you came to dwell amongst us, to live with us, to be present with us, but then you came to die, to die on the cross, to do everything possible for our well-being, our spiritual well-being. Father, thank you for the gift of your son. And Jesus, we thank you that you died on the cross so that we could be saved from our sin. Thank you that this bread has reminded us of your body on the cross. And thank you that as we take this grape juice now, it reminds us of your your blood. Freely given, your life freely given so that we could have and know eternal life. So we give you praise and thanks now as we drink this in in adoration and praise. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's drink together. The greatest gift ever given is God, giving himself to us and for us, We have the gift of his presence so that we might know life, know eternal life, know forgiveness for our sin, know peace with God, that we experience grace upon grace, the gift of his presence that just keeps on giving. For God so loved the world, he so loves you and I, that he gave us his only son, that whoever believes on him will not perish but have eternal life, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. For it is by grace that we have been saved through faith. And this not from ourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. We're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. What have you done with God's greatest gift given to you? On that first Christmas, there was no room in the inn for Jesus. Is there room in your heart? Has he entered your world? Is he present with you? You experience joy in your heart as a result. The gift, the gift of joy.
joy is more than happiness. It's more than a fleeting emotion. Like a beautiful garment, joy is a response that we clothe ourselves with. It's our hearts outpouring in response to the birth of our Saviour. And let's face it, we all need a little more joy these days. So today, you're invited into a response of joy. Whether your life is full of happiness or not, this is an invitation for all people because joy is here. God is here. Jesus is here. Thank you, Father, for the gifts of love, peace, hope and joy.